the cooking guy, and you're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Some call him a fool, some even call him a douchebag, but I say Greg Rempe is the greatest thing to happen to barbecue since caveman. Start the cake! Let's go! We'll do it live. Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike your match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Welcome to the Really Big Barbecue Central Show. This is the show that originates or talks about all things that are important in the world of barbecue and grilling. The show originating from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city, Bomb City, USA, Cleveland, Ohio, the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I am your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday evenings, a live fire fun and frivolity show. If you would like to get in touch with the show or follow me during off show hours, here's how you do it. You can get in touch with the show by sending an email to Greg at the BBQ Central Follow us on all the social media channels at BBQ Central Show. And be sure to subscribe to the show podcast feed on your favorite podcast platform. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, the BBQ Central And here's what's happening in case you can get the newsletter coming up in about 12 minutes from now. He is a year plus into being CEO for the Kansas City Barbecue Society, the world's largest sanctioning body for barbecue competitions. Prior to that, he was a well-established and formidable competition cook, taking a team of the year back in 2009, if my memory serves me correctly, in one of the all-time shootouts for team of the year, although KCBS Team of the Year just wrapped up end of October with a brand new shootout of its own. And Janky Leg wins 2023 KCBS Team of the Year. Just edging out Brad Leiniger from getting basted. And he would have won that one. And we might have to rethink about GOAT status and best ever and all that other stuff. But he just misses out. So we'll see if Brad has it in him to try it again in 2024, but uh, who's to say that he wouldn't be ready to do it again? I mean, he's done it year after year, so congratulations to both of those folks. Anyway, getting back on track, we will find a conversation, perhaps two segments of conversation with the pitmaster of Pellet Envy and the KCBS CEO, Rod Gray, joining the show. And as I have been promoting over the last number of weeks, well, one week, knowing that we had a definitive interview slot finally, which is this evening, but weeks prior to that, talking about the American Royal and the associated scoring fiasco that went on within the open portion of that. But we're going to dig into a number of different things that happened over the course of the weekend for some insight, some answers, 
So looking forward to talking with Rod Gray during the first hour. Then we'll move to the second hour, and we will find within that conversation of best ever to do it in a competition scene and a KCBS sanctioning body. How about the pitmaster of Clark Crew Barbecue, Travis Clark, joining the show once again. I was going back through the outlines, and as I make them up for guests, they just go into the Google Drive. And unless I'm sorely mistaken, and again, as I always say, to me, it's always two or three years since something has transpired. But as long as this is correct, the last time we had Travis on the show, 2019, when he won the Jack Daniels Invitational, so almost four years ago to the day, as the Jack just concluded a couple weeks ago. So Travis Clark rejoining the show. So quite a heavy hitting two hours for you. Star studded, as it were, the elites of the elite on business and sanctioning body, that being Rod Gray, Kansas City Barbecue Society CEO, and then Travis Clark in the second hour, Clark Crew Barbecue Pitmaster, multiple time team of the year. Grand Championships and Reserve Grand Championships, too many to count, although I'm sure he has a count. And individual meat category wins, way too many to count. World Championships, restaurants, and new business ventures that we'll be talking about in the second hour as well. So Rod Gray and Travis Clark are your guests here this evening. Don't forget you can follow me socially, Instagram, X, TikTok, and Snapchat. All at the handle at BBQ Central Show. And of course, we say good evening to those of you watching tonight through one of our video streaming platforms. You can go to Facebook or Twitch slash BBQ Central Show. You can also watch on YouTube, which is youtube.com slash at BBQ Central Show. And we have a new YouTube poll question of the week. And I'm asking everybody this. Of course, all votes only counted through the Facebook platform, but I'm asking everybody. So if you're watching on Facebook or Twitch or anywhere else and you want to jump in with your answer, Please do so. But I'm asking you this. Will you try the new line of Jason Kelsey barbecue dishes sold in Walmart? And currently, I'm shocked. 100% no. Last week, I asked you, do you really believe if the earth is flat? And we had already broken... 100% no. I thought that was a sure thing. We were going to run 120 minutes of 100% no. I don't believe the earth is flat. And we finished with 7% yeses, which is mind-boggling to no end. And I don't want to get into it now, but that was a leading question last week, and I just put it off to the side. Already, this time last week, we had a yes, the earth is flat vote in. But six minutes into the show, the following week, which is tonight, November 7th, 100% no on the trying of the Jason Kelsey branded barbecue dinners that are being sold at your local Walmart, perhaps being rolled out nationally. I don't know. Maybe just in Kansas City. But 100% no that quick. I mean, this is barbecue. We're not talking nonsense like if you think the earth is flat or not. If it says barbecue, I'm going to go ahead and give it a try. Why not? If I see it in Walmart, I don't make it a habit to just frequent the Walmarts. But if I get into the Walmart and I remember it, 
I'll search out a Jason Kelsey. He's a Cleveland Heights guy, born and bred before he's moved out to Kansas. His brother, Jason, another Cleveland Heights guy, obviously, playing with the Eagles, both having very good careers. But I'll try that barbecue. Why not? It's barbecue. Walmart had the steak tips from Beyond Meat or whoever the hell had it. Nobody else had it. Here we go. 93% of you now are saying no. Somebody has said yes, and I'm with that. I'm with the yeses. So that's the question here this evening. We're asking both guests, of course. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that Rod Gray is going to be a yes on the Jason Kelsey. He's a big Chiefs fan. I'm going to go out on a no and prognosticate that Travis Clark is not going to try a Jason Kelsey branded barbecue dish sold in Walmarts. So we'll see how my prognostications work out here during the course of the show. So let's begin here this evening. It has to come as no surprise that the most talked about item of the show last week was Steve Ray making his triumphant return to the show after four years away. Many of you writing in talking about how emotional you got as Steve opened himself up in the most brutal and honest ways possible to tell the story of his wife, Barbara, and her battle with primary progressive aphasia, or PPA. Not only what she's had to contend with, but how this diagnosis has affected Steve and his relationships since that time. As I've told many of you over the course of the week through emails and direct messages as you're reaching out to me, I'm happy, happy that Steve came back to the show that he shared the story, and most important, most importantly, felt safe enough to share that story and the way he did on the show. Being that vulnerable is not something that most people, let alone most when, uh, let alone most men, are willing to do, especially in a public setting like this one. Now, I'm not talking about nationally syndicated radio, but this is a public forum. Anyone could get on a Facebook or a YouTube or a Twitch and just see two guys chopping it up and this guy talking about his having to contend with PPA and what his wife is going through. That's inspiring to many people. It helps people change for the better. So once again, I thank Steve for coming back on and I know I speak for all of us when I wish him and his wife good luck as they continue down the road battling PPA. Lots of reaction to the show last week, of course. But I don't have time for that. But we might as the second hour comes to a close. We'll see how that works out. Uh, Rod Gray is in the green room, and he's ready to go. Before we get to him, I will talk to you about pits and spits. And aside from the YouTube poll question of the week, I do have another question for you. Are you tired of settling for mediocre grilling experiences? Maybe. Well, then it's time to step up your game and bring the ultimate flavor and cooker to the backyard barbecues. Pits and Spits Charcoal Grills offering the highest quality live fire cooking experience you can get in the market today. Using either wood or charcoal, their solid fuel grills produce those classic flavors you're looking for when you have the time to fire up the grill and cook for family and friends. With a large adjustable fuel tray, you can raise and lower the fire to control and fine-tune that heat. Their take on the very popular Santa Maria-style grill. 
You can check them out online, pitsandspits.com slash bbqcentral. That's pitsandspits.com slash bbqcentral. And use promo code charcoalcentral and get $150 off any charcoal grill that you purchase when you use that code, charcoalcentral. And as you're spelling out pits and spits, remember it's the double T on the pits and the spits pitsandspits.com slash bbq central and again promo code charcoal central all one word for 150 bucks off any charcoal grill and we do have ryan's borrel set up for a segment before the year closes out so looking forward to catching up with him all right rod gray is ready we'll be back stick around you're listening to the barbecue central show Casting live from the Barbecue Central Show studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. Welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by CookinPellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets for all your pellet-driven cookers. You visit CookinPellets.com and see what all great products and pellets that they are selling and then when it's time to purchase go to amazon.com or lowes.com or the aforementioned walmart.com same great products great shipping as well walmart lowes or amazon all right leading off the show in the first hour tonight is the CEO of the Kansas City Barbecue Society. It's been about five weeks or so since the 2023 American Royal came off and the associated scoring fiasco that occurred during the open portion that weekend. He's already appeared on two other barbecue podcasts talking about what went on that weekend. And tonight, he visits this show to dive into it again, which I certainly appreciate. So we welcome back a 2020 Barbecue Central Show's guest Hall of Famer, Rod Gray. Rod, before we get into it this evening, of course, we have a YouTube poll question of the week that demands your current attention. And I'm asking everybody this to include you. Will you try, and maybe you have, but will you try the Jason Kelsey branded barbecue dinners from Walmart? Yes or no? No. No. I figured since you might be a partial Chiefs fan, that you would forego any barbecue snobbery and just go ahead and give the Jason Kelsey support blindly with the barbecue meals, but it's a hard pass for you? It's a hard pass for hard me. Pass. It is. All right. Well, 89% of the YouTube voting public are also agreeing with you. It's a hard pass. I'm with the 11%. I say if it's got barbecue on it, he's a Cleveland Heights guy for me, so maybe it's a little bit more personal. I'd give it a try and see what goes on. But enough of nonsense, Ron. Let's go ahead and get into it, and I appreciate you showing up here tonight. Hey, I, I got to ask you. Yeah, wait, go can I ask you a question? Absolutely. You have my address, right? You surely have my address. I'm a Hall of Famer. I never got my trophy. There was no trophies back in 2020. 
Uh, oh, you, so you don't backfill now that you have them? Mm, no, okay. because, you know, right. like it's one of those things. There's somebody else that I know who's constantly harping for a ring, too. But, uh, you know, I got to go back. And yeah. I mean, how many He's in the picture? How many he? rings could it be? I mean, I don't know. Like, what are you going to do with a ring that you can't wear? Yeah. You can wear it. I don't know. It's one of those stock Super Bowl style rings. So unless you got ring finger 15, whatever. I don't know if anybody's wearing that. Okay. All right. Sorry. I probably broke your, your cadence there. Not let's at all. do this. All right. Here we are. Here right. We Mac. Here we When's go. The last time I was on here about a year ago. Uh, yeah, I guess a year ago we were recapping what the first handful of months as CEO of the KCBS yeah. was like and what we were yeah. game planning for 2023. So, um, how, uh, Aside from what we're going to be talking about, how's the year ending up for KCBS? Do you think it's fine? It's you know, uh, it. My role is a, is a. I'm still learning. I've been there what, um, about fourteen, fifteen months, sixteen months. I'm still learning. Our whole staff is still learning. We're doing our best. Um, you know, we we run new things every day. Um, one of my one of my staff raced into my office today to tell me she discovered something we didn't know we could do with the website and. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's something no one's known we could do with the website. So it's interesting. Um, there's a lot to learn still. Absolutely. All right. So let's jump into the American Royal stuff here while I have you. And let's start off high level, 30,000 foot view. And you've had, as I mentioned, the open maybe five weeks or so to take a look back at it. I know the staff yeah. from last year to this year has changed quite dramatically. Ultimately, I, I disagree right away, Greg. Yeah. I disagree with you. The staff where you mean in my office or yeah. at the Royal? Yeah, internally. Uh, internally, it's completely turned over. Absolutely. I don't disagree with you. Okay. So ultimately, do you think there was a lack of preparedness or inexperience and being understaffed with experts in the most important positions in order to support this event properly that hadn't been there? In years past, understaffed. You mean I didn't have enough people at the American Royal? Potentially, I'm just no. asking. No, we had we had plenty of staff. We had we had the same number of people there this year as we did last year. Actually, we had a few more. Yeah, we had plenty of folks. Would it have helped at all if there would have been an additional set or two of reps, or you just it just doesn't matter? No, that wouldn't have changed what happened here, I don't think. Um, I mean, we can guess now that we're five weeks out. Sure, we can we can second guess everything that happened from start to finish. But, you know, uh, I'll tell you the staff that was there last year, you know, one of, one of the staff members had been around for 11 years, but prior, but everybody else that was there had been there for a year and a half or less in terms of staff. So it wasn't different in that regard. Uh, Rep-wise, you know, I I've read some, social media comments but we had a staff that was experienced as it was the year before there mm -hmm. i don't recall a kcbs scoring issue of this magnitude in the past especially at a major event especially this event if you can extract yourself from ceo just for a second do you ever recall in your days of pitmastering pellet envy that you saw a scoring issue of this magnitude when you were on the circuit i did i did but but they handled it differently um, 2003 at the Speedway uh, was the second year of the Speedway contest, and awards were delayed by three or three and a half hours. Ultimately, the the winner had gone home uh, 
because he didn't want to wait around that long. So, uh, yeah, I've seen it before. Maybe this was a sign of bigger things that were looming, but before the issue with the Royal that Sunday, there was some kind of a results issue with the Barbecue Legends contest. There were uh, wrong winners announced, uh, perhaps more than one. So in that instance, what exactly goes on with that event? The the Barbecue Legends, is that what you asked me about? Correct. The, the people who have been there a period of time at the Royal, is that? Yeah. So the Legends I was actually involved in. Um, we scored the contest. People know the story, but we were getting categories out one by one and rushing them, running them out to the stage. And we got that all finished and we we were packing up. And I actually received a text from a, a Royal employee that said, hey, we need the international winners and the legends winners. And as a result of that, we brought a computer back in, we set it up, we set a second screen up with it. And myself and another person um, got the international winners out, which by the way, were correct. And then pulled up a list of the legends teams. And from that list of the legends teams picked out who the top finishers were. The problem was the list that we had didn't have everybody on it. Um, so we didn't have first place. We didn't have second place, but we had, I think Darren, and we didn't have Donnie Teal on there, but we had, so we had Darren, uh, Smokey D's on there and the other, the other people on it. So we, we compiled our winners based on the list we had and, and, and placed them and sent them out there. Yep. So this wasn't something that you would say was, a precursor to what ends up happening in the open, nothing looming there? No, completely different situation, honestly. Um, even to the point I had a conversation with Donnie. Donnie called me the next day and he's like, Rod, I wasn't called in this. I think I, I think I won it. And he said that on Saturday he'd sent Cindy into the media center to correct it because they weren't on the list. So I don't know what happened. And honestly, in that moment, and I haven't asked a question since, but I don't know where the list I had came from. But then when we got the call from Donnie, we, we looked into it to find out that we didn't have the complete list. They were missing some of the Legends teams. So are the winners for that particular part correct? They are. Mm -hmm. They are correct. Okay. Yep. It was referenced twice in the other two shows that you've already done, and I was actually surprised that nobody was looking to follow up on it. Why does the CEO of the organization that's in charge of scoring the biggest contest of the year leave the event before the scores are verified and handed off for announcement? And I guess as an immediate follow-up, why leave the event at all? Because I don't have a job at the Royal. I'm a laborer that weekend. I'm not on the staff. I'm not one of the reps. Um, I push a broom. I clean up trash in the judging area. I do whatever we need to do. And just like last year when I was there, when we were done and the room that we checked in teams from was cleaned up, I packed my vehicle full of all the things that we had brought out there and I went home because I'm not, I'm not part of the rep team. I'm not trained to be a contest rep. Is there not a potential, I mean, at worst, a potential PR opportunity where you have opportunity to take a picture with American Royal open winner. I'm sure they would love to have their picture taken with the current CEO, um, something like that. I didn't think of it that way, Greg. I don't, I don't, my role isn't to be in the spotlight as a CEO. 
my role is to be in the shadows, make sure things run properly. You know, if something goes bad, I take the heat. If something goes great, we give the praise to the people that it goes great for. It's just, it's just how my role works. And so, and I was, by the way, I was gone for maybe two hours. I was back there before six o'clock. So at some point it becomes apparent to you that the contest is being uh, what the term is rekeyed. So generally speaking, is there some threshold or standard or procedural rule that needs to be met or followed before a decision is made to rekey a contest? We don't have anything in writing. We don't have a standard operating procedure for that. Um, it's, it's extremely rare that a contest would need to be rekeyed. It's not impossible. Realize that most contests, we don't do any merging. We don't have 500 teams. I mean, the Royal in itself is a very unique animal in and of its size and its complexity and the time crunch we're in to produce the results for the open. Uh, last turn in is it, let's see, turn in brisket at one thirty. We turn in sausage at two o'clock. And then they expect us to turn around results for 500 teams in two hours. We don't even do that a lot of times for a 40 or 50 team contest. So, yeah, we know the challenge. We're up to the challenge. In fact, KCBS, the first time we scored the American Royal, we were brought in because they couldn't figure out their winners. And we've been there for 34 years. Um, was it a problem? Yes, it was. Did we admit it? We absolutely did. Have we apologized for it? I think we've apologized for it extensively. Will we continue to apologize for it? We absolutely will. But we admitted it, we apologized for it, and we went to work to find ways to solve it. In this instance, why are you not consulted with first before the rekey is carried out? Again, I don't have experience. We had, we had 12 contest reps there, plus some keyers that were actually contest reps. We had, we had a multitude of people there with far more experience than me. And quite honestly, Greg, the way it went, the way the process went, they were seeing some zeros. They went to work trying to fix it. They would fix it. They would get out of the program. They'd go back in the program. And those, those same zeros would reappear. After a period of time when they can't solve it, it's stressful. They think the next best course of action is to rekey, and they go to work rekeying because they think they have the time to do it. It's just the process under that, in that situation, under that amount of stress. I guess I'm just thinking if, if you're the CEO, I mean, I get that you're saying that there isn't a lot of experience on your end to, to, to bring into this, but you're a longtime competitor. You know how scoring works. You know, sometimes there's hangups. I mean, this is, in this instance, I would imagine you would almost want somebody to come to you and say, should we rekey because you know what that's going to entail with 500 plus teams or is there something else that we're not thinking? Of? No, it's just, it's yeah. What you're not thinking is putting yourself in that moment, in that situation at that event. Um, we can talk about it all day long after the fact, my group of people who I trust completely um, and who I would have back at this event next year, if they'll have us, um, I would put those same people in that place. They are experienced. They are very experienced. Most of them are royal experienced. Um, we had the same group of folks for the most part there this year that we had last year. It sands two sets of reps, and we replaced one of those sets with a set that had previously been royal reps. So uh, we had the experience there, Greg. Um, 
if I were in that room, would I ask some questions in that moment? Yeah, but I'm not even supposed to be in that room because we're supposed to keep it with just the keyers in the room so they can get their work done in quiet because they need to concentrate. So even the group of reps who handled the judging side of the event were not in the tabulation room. In fact, we even moved the tabulation room to somewhere better, more quiet this year than we had last year. So part of that was part of that answer dovetailed into my next follow-up was if you were on site there, do you think somebody would have approached you and said, Hey, we're thinking about rekeying. What do you think? No, I don't think they would have because they wouldn't have come out of that room to approach me for that. But in the moment, but if they're, if, if, if they think that there's something afoot, why wouldn't they want to get your insight? You're the CEO. Because I don't have, I, I'm the CEO, but I'm not a rep. I'm not trained to be a rep. Do you, do you know what it takes to be a rep for KCBS? I wouldn't have the first idea. Yeah. It starts with being a master judge. If you, you can, you can apply to be a contest rep if you're a master judge and then you train. Um, and then you train for three contests and the final one, you pretty much run the contest and then, and then the, the, the reps that trained you will vote on you and decide if you're, if you qualify to be a rep and then the board has to vote and the board votes to make you a rep. So it's not just your average Joe off the street. These folks have experience in barbecue and judging. How many times have I been in a judging area before I was a CEO for KCBS? Less than 12. And those were as a judge, no experience in tabulation. Have I run the score program? I have run the score program. I even, I ran it when I was a board member, when it was an old DOS version program. And I ran it when I got to KCBS, but no, Greg, I, I have full faith and confidence in the group of reps we had there. Uh, they made the decision they thought was right in the moment. And they, they were, their, their only goal was to, was to turn out the results and have the awards. Knowing what you know now, if they would have came to you and said, Rod, we think it's best to rekey, would you have greenlit that idea then? I think what I would have done is, I would have tried to reach out to somebody who does some tech support for us and see if they were available to talk us through it for a minute or two before we went that path. Um, would it have changed what happened there? No way to know at this point. No way to know. Who makes the decision to rekey it? Uh, the reps do. There was, a, I guess what they call a white hat or a lead rep last year, but in the interviews I've heard you give, before this one, uh, you've mentioned there was no specific lead rep this year. Any reason why? No, no, you, that's incorrect. We had two lead reps. Uh, Forrest Bruce was the lead rep of the judging area, and uh, Julie Cook was the lead rep of tabulation. And that was known before we ever went to the Royal. That was Julie was a lead rep in tabulation last year at the Royal. Forrest was one of the two lead reps in judging last year at the Royal. So they were both experienced at the American Royal and in those roles. When you get back on site, as you had mentioned in some of the other interviews, you said you could feel a level of tension in the tent. And before the delay announcement goes out to the teams, was there ever a huddle up or did you get everybody together and ask something along the lines of, hey, is this too big? to fix tonight and should we put off awards was there any conversation like that there wasn't 
Um, not with me. In fact, I, and I've explained this in the other two interviews, but um, I stayed in the judging area and did whatever was needed in the judging area. And then when judging was over, we cleaned up the judging area. And then I walked down to where the check-in was, which is a small room off the end of garage B. And we, we cleaned it up, swept it up, fold the tables up, loaded my vehicle full of things. And as we were doing that, and actually at the very start of that, two of the keyers came down to the, to that area to just to, to stop by and say hi on their way out. Um, we actually released keyers about three o'clock that afternoon because we were done tabulating the results. Um, so we did it in good time, but they were confident enough in that time to let two of the keyers that who weren't reps, um, they were just, they were people who do king for us, do it at Lenexa, do it at the Royal, and and uh, they were done with the keyers, and so they let them go. But once you're getting back, you know, as things are spooling up here, there was never talk um, as the before the uh, announcement to teams that there's going to be a delay. There was never talk amongst you guys to the point where is this going to be too big for us to try and mull through tonight? No. No, we didn't have that conversation. Does the American Royal pressure you guys into generating results no matter what? I don't think they were pressuring us into generating results no matter what. No. Um, I think had we said, hey, look, we don't feel confident in the results we have here, I think the Royal would have gone with us. Um, they do tabulation for their shows. and We talked about that while we were waiting. Uh, they understood that you know this could happen to anybody, and it was happening in this moment to us. It's always something in the back of your mind. No, I don't think I don't think the royal would the royal would want to do it right. Uh, they'd rather do it right than than do it too soon. I think. During the tailgate guys podcast, you mentioned that there was a loss in confidence by the scoring team because over twenty teams didn't turn in, uh, in effect, didn't show up to the event, earning them zeros. Was there any reason for them to question what was in front of them if the system of checks was being followed? So there were zeros for more than one reason. Um, we had zeros tabulation because of teams that didn't show, which at normal barbecue contests, you know before turn-in if somebody's not going not to turn in. Um, and then if they don't, we usually go send somebody to check on them one time. At the Royal, it's not possible to do that. Just, just the size of the event uh, limits you from actually doing that. So, so the initial zeros were from teams that didn't turn in, of which there were about 20. Um, but then, as, as we've discussed, there's uh, a situation where when you merge data into a computer set up to receive six entries on a table and it has seven or eight, that it zeroes out the seventh entry. And so in addition to the teams with zeros that didn't turn in, there were some zeros from teams that we were pretty sure had turned in. So over the course of, of checking the results after they were complete, they begin to lose confidence in the results because they begin to see some zeros where they don't think they belong. So they go in and start to, to, to fix those things. And that's what I talk about when I say that they go in, they, they rekey the team that was missing on the table, and then they get out of the program and go back in and it's, and it's missing again. And, and that's where they begin to lose confidence in the results they have. Can I separate that? Because that can, uh, I'm kind of dimwitted. So that confuses me a little bit. So, uh, let me take one part of this first. So for the teams that don't show, this isn't the merging zeros, but this is just for the teams that don't show up. If they don't show up, sign for their boxes, you know, however many teams that is at the end, can't they just be immediately deleted out of the spreadsheet? You don't show up on time, you don't sign, boom, you're out of here, and then you're just done with those 20, bo or 20 teams or whatever. 
So, so let me let me clarify something. It's not just the teams that don't show up. It's the teams that show up, get their boxes, and decide not to turn in. And at the Royal, that happens a lot more than you think it does. So it's not just teams that don't that don't show. It's teams that do show, that do check in, and then decide not to turn in. But there shouldn't be a maybe that's not right. Should there be an expectation that if a team gets a box, they should turn in? I mean, they, it's up to them whether they want to do it or not, right? At every other barbecue contest, there is. But this is the only contest that has 500 teams. And this is also the only contest where folks pay a bunch of money, show up, and decide not to turn in. Because it, they're too hungover. They don't have the, the group to stay and cook. I don't know their reasons. I just know that it happens at the American Royal. It always has. And so, I've never experienced that at any other barbecue contest. So this thing called score comes to the forefront. Uh, you know, obviously people that are familiar with scoring, judging, whatnot, have probably heard the term thrown around, but I don't know if the, the general following uh, competition public has ever heard it before. Is the software used to tabulate the contest. And obviously for the mm-hmm. record, you know, you're not the one that commissioned the structuring of score. I mean, it's been around for a long time. However, as you had mentioned, this contest showcases uh, what's also been come to known as this known glitch that you've mentioned on previous interviews, too. I followed Competition Barbecue a long time, followed the Royal a long time. I didn't know, A, that it had a name, score. I didn't know there was a known glitch until a couple of weeks ago when it started making the, the interview rounds. So uh, as I try and piece these zeros back together, uh, and you alluded to it a couple minutes ago, if there's more than six entries on a table if you don't go up go to a a menu button do some uh, hurdling to to make sure everything gets included in the scoring anything past the number six is scored a zero so now you have additional zeros on top of the teams that didn't turn in getting zeros Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's you you describe it correctly is there any way to decipher between the teams that don't show up, like they just weren't there and have zeros versus uh, or, or turn in and get zeros versus the ones that are getting caught up in the glitch and getting zeros? Well, in the moment, you just have to go back. In fact, what, what happened? I mean, we have, we have a group of fail-safe safe, uh, measures in place, one of which is when we finish a category, uh, we we save all of the turn-in containers. And, and teams, many teams will tell you about this because they demand to see their boxes after the fact because they can't believe they didn't cook the, the best brisket uh, at the event. And and as a result, we go check those boxes. Last year, that was one of my jobs because it's a messy job, but you go back and, and sift through the stack of boxes and find find the table, find the number, make sure it's right. Um, some of that was going on as well because of these zeros, which was causing, you know, someone, a rep to leave or a rep to get called to say, hey, could you go look through the pork stack and find, you know, this box on this table and uh, all part of the process. But, but you know, it, we just, Greg, I don't know how to explain this, and, I, and I'm not trying to make an excuse for KCBS or for that group of reps or for me, but the Royal is such a unique animal in the terms of the number of teams we, we, uh, we tabulate the size of the contest, um, the conditions. There were other little things, and I mentioned them in those other interviews. We had two box number 183s turned in uh, in pork. 
you know, same right number, uh, same team number, two boxes of pork turned in. How does that happen? I mean, it's the only box they turned in all day, by the way. They didn't turn in their other categories. So you start wondering about 183 and chicken. You start wondering in ribs, and then you get two pork boxes turned in for 183. And you're scratching your head saying, well, how does this happen? And that's something that takes someone away, takes, takes someone's time to go try to figure that out as we're scoring this contest because they got zeros and chicken, zeros and ribs, but turned in two pork boxes and then didn't turn in brisket, by the way. So more zeros. So I, I don't like the term perfect storm, but I, and I used it early on because someone used it with me. But the truth is there were several factors here that just kind of culminated in, in a situation where my reps did the best they could. In hindsight, they'd probably tell you there's something they could do better or different. But in that moment, they did what they thought was right um, to get those results out the door for the American Road to have their awards. You're not trying to make excuses, but it's easy for me to go back and say, but I can look back at the last 15, 20 American Royal Opens. Nothing like this happened. Yeah. Yeah, you can. But at the beginning of this show, you also asked me if I'd ever known of it happening, and I have I have known it happen more than once, but the example I gave to you is at the Speedway in 2003 when there were 200 teams that waited about three and a half hours for results. It has happened. Shouldn't the company that created the program score supply free of charge to KCBS a patch or some type of update to fix the glitch? So... Um, you know, KCBS is a small not-for-profit organization. I know we look huge. We're not. We're staff of five, and we work on a pretty tight budget. I was on the board from, what was it, 04 to 09, I think it was, and then off from 09, and then I'm back in 2022. Shortly after I left, KCBS decided to have this program custom written, and they tried to do it on a budget. And the problem, I think... I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a programmer, so I'm just speculating, but they started with one group. They weren't seeing the progress they wanted or the, or the cost was escalating. So they moved to a different group. And before it was over, I think a third group finished that program. Um, It's not really written by any one group from start to finish. Like you would subcontract out and have something written start to finish. And we, we have worked on it in the past. Um, not me. It was before I got there, but we're, we're, we're writing that patch to solve that issue so that that drop down menu auto populates with whatever number of tables, uh, will be, will number of entries will be on a table, which will solve the problem of it, of it dropping a, a team off a table and giving it zeros. We're working on that. We should roll it out by spring. Since there was an audit done by the uh, IT company that KCBS contracts with. Why not also audit the invitational results just because? Because the invitational, well, now hold on. Actually, the audit of the contest was done by staff and reps. I was, I audited pork and brisket with one of the reps and another rep team audited chicken and ribs. We did that in-house. A root cause analysis was done by Park Road Technologies. Um, That's not an audit of the contest. But you ask a great question about the invitational contest. I've heard it a few times. It was 211 teams, and we we audited that contest in real time as we were inputting the data. So that contest was audited before the results were printed. 
What what does that mean? Audited? Like what's what's happening? So it's so so one group of one rep will grab a stack of tables that they're assigned, and they'll input that data into the system, and then they'll pass that off, and another group will uh, take those cards, pull up that work that's been done, and compare the screen to the actual cards, and that's a a real time audit. And actually, most contests are done that way because they have time to do it. Let me ask another invitational question since we're on the topic. According yep. to uh, KCBS uh, directives, rules, whatever, number of tables set to number of teams competing, uh, invitational looks like should have 34 tables since there was 211 teams. There were 50 tables set. Anything specific to why that was? Um, the Royal invited more judges. Doesn't the Royal wanted to, we, we, we set the, we set the judges that we had. But if you have directives that tell you what you should do for tables, then you don't just stick in extra judges because they want you to, they want you to do that. Right. Yeah. But directives that, what do you, what are you, what are you referring to? There's a, I mean, isn't there a sheet that says if you have this many teams, then this is how many tables the judges you should have. Yeah, but it doesn't go to 211 teams. What it mostly deals with is a situation that's occurring where you have you want to have four tables because four tables are fair compared to five tables because five tables means that some of the teams don't hit a table that potentially could be a low-scoring table. So there's a lot of scuttlebutt about they'd rather see teams would rather see judges judge seven categories on four tables than have five tables seated. Um, and then you have judges who would rather judge six entries and seven entries. Um, it's, 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 it's important, Greg, and I get it, but it, the, the, the table chart that you're referring to makes no mention of a 211 team contest. Part of the root cause report mentions that not all computers that were being used were owned by KCBS. Why not use all KCBS stuff? So in case there is a reason to have to recall, you just have everything on site. Because we have, we have upwards of 80 contest reps all over the country and they all use their own equipment. The only time we use KCBS equipment is in large events like Lenexa and the American Royal, where there needs to be enough tabulation people that we have people who aren't necessarily reps, but are data entry people. And and then we use KCBS computers for that. And, and the directive that you're, the, the thing you're referring to is, and the reason for it is that if this should ever happen again, and ideally uh, we want to prevent it from happening, but should it happen again, um, if it's done on all KCBS owned equipment, then we can do a full analysis of all of those computers. There was also- we were able to determine what happened without having, without accessing the reps, personal computers in this case. But uh, ideally, and in the future, we'll use all KCBS equipment to score a contest of this size. There was also mention that there was a, a thumb drive that was still unaccounted for. Is that correct? And if so, can you have a full and accurate audit that's been done if you still have hardware that isn't secured? It's been accounted for since then, and it, it wasn't a factor in determining what happened at this event. Uh, it in the report, it's reported because it'd be nice to have every single detail available to us. It was just a detail that was reported, but we've since we since found that that thumb drive and everything's fine. 
Is there any conflict of interest to have the company doing the the root cause report also be the company that you're contracting with? I don't think so. Do you think this? Have you read the report? Of course. Yeah. Does it does it look like it's been sugar coated in any way to you? I, I I don't know, but yeah. I mean, I could speculate that why would a company want to go out of their way to really put the screws to somebody that could then cost them some kind of business relationship? I don't think you know KCBS is maybe uh, you know sending them off on their private yachts or whatever. But business is business. <laughs> Absolutely not. You should ask them about that and ask them about their yachts. But um, in the moment, we needed to get this done. And this is somebody that I trusted. And I thought they did a really great job at it. It's a small firm. You know, one of them happens to be a pit master on a barbecue team. Uh, so if you look at it and find fault with it, we can talk about it. But I'm happy with the results. I thought they did a good job, a very thorough job. They had upwards of 70 hours in this report. And they left no stone unturned, and I think they did a great job. But um, I can see where you would could see that differently. Has there been a postmortem on your side with all the people that you had dealings with about what was involved in everything that happened? Um, we have a meeting coming up yet. I wanted to get this report out. Uh, I wanted the reps to all be able to read it and digest it. And uh, we're still going to have that meeting. It hasn't happened yet. After that. I will then schedule a meeting with the American Royal. We've, we've communicated back and forth quite a bit. They know I'm coming. They know what I have to accomplish before I get there. And, and uh, they're looking forward to uh, sitting down and talking about it, too. Have you had any interaction or guidance from the board at all? Uh, sure, absolutely. What are their thoughts on this? Um, same as mine. Uh, we've admitted it. We feel bad about it. And we're doing what we can to correct it. You had mentioned that there weren't standard operating procedures or written policies and procedures where if this happens, you know, refer to X, Y, and Z or page two, three, and four. Will mm -hmm. there be defined written policies and procedures in place for the American Royal next year uh, for everybody knowing their jobs? And when do you think that'll be in place? If so, it'll be for every large contest. It won't just be for the American Royal. How about every and contest we'll period? Every large contest, every but, contest of over 200 teams. But what's the difference? It's, it's, it's a huge difference. And for you to say that shows me uh, your lack of knowledge about how we tabulate uh, results at a barbecue contest. Yeah, but it, I mean, I understand what you're saying, but also you could take that as the lesser contest We'll, we'll run the risk. We won't have standard operating procedures <laughs> no, for teams no, that are no, 200 no, or more. No, 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 no. Now you're just, now you're just trying to push my buttons. Uh, absolutely have, not. Have you, Greg, have you, have you cooked a contest? You know, I haven't. Have you judged a contest? Never. So it's, so you, you've never scored one either. <laughs> Obviously not. Have you ever watched tabulation being done? Have you ever watched the way judges contests are scored and judged and tabulated? The only time I know anything about competition is when you come on and talk about it or when a pit master well, comes on true. and talk You're about gonna it. You're going to have Travis on next and or he's whatever. one of the greatest pit masters of all time. Yes, but this is what I'm saying. When I have competition guys on and gals, that's my, that's my purview into what's happening. So, I mean, you know I have. Yeah. Um, you know, we've been, we've been around for 37 years. We average 350 to 400 contests a year. How often do you hear something like this happening at our contest? Never. So 
so the difference is the absolute size and magnitude of this event. It is a completely different animal than any other contest. I mean, we've been with Lenexa for how many years? 30, maybe 37 years. And it's never happened at Lenexa. 200 team contest. Um, you said yourself, it's never happened at the Royal before. We've been there for 34 years. Um, this is a bad deal. And I, I don't want you to hear any lack of sincerity in my voice when I say that uh, we have egg on our face for it. And we're going to be apologizing for it and, and making sure it's right for probably years to come. But we're going to do that. And, you know, this, this is a bad deal. It, obviously, and I'm not defending KCBS, but when this happened, in some of the threads, there were stories about other events who've had something similar happen to them. Uh, so it, it has happened in the past. I mean, initially, didn't somebody put up a, a, a meme of, of Steve Harvey when he called the wrong winner for the, for the, uh, for the Miss America? And, and, you know, I was watching football Sunday morning, and uh, the very last play of the game, the center had a bad snap at, uh, to Tua for the Dolphins that potentially cost them the game. Do you think they'll start that center the next game? I think they will. Yeah, his name is, I think his name is Corey Connor Williams. Man, things happen. We're human. We're not perfect. Stress causes a lot of it. Uh, you know, we're going to get back to doing what we're doing. We do it well. We were, we went right down to the Jack and we managed to call a perfect contest there. It's, I'm sorry it happened, Greg, and I know that you have a job to do and I have a job to do, and and uh, I know people feel bad about it. Um, I, we have, we've had this whole conversation. We haven't mentioned the people. I mean, we, we robbed Jordan Kirkpatrick of being the winner of the American Royal Open, and we're going to pay for that for quite a while. Uh, by the way, and I, I, I know I've said this in other interviews, and I want to say it here. I picked up the phone and I called a lot of people, Travis Duffy. I called not just two people. I called a lot of people. And, uh, and the first call I made was David Ellis and David was hurt. He was confused. He was disappointed. And, and seriously, in the short time that call lasted, and it was less than 10 minutes. David went from having all those feelings to offering to help to fix it. I mean, you can't ask for a better guy in barbecue than that. So, um, don't forget there were people that were involved here, both sides. I, I reached out to the American Royal, uh, didn't get an answer to the question, but wanted to ask you, as we've said a number of times here during the conversation, it's a decades-long relationship that KCBS has had with the American Royal. Are you concerned at mm -hmm. all that this issue will cause them, maybe not to switch, but at least entertain looking into other sanctioning bodies going forward? Absolutely, I am. I wouldn't. If, if I were in their shoes, I think I would at least, at least entertain the thought, at least entertain the thought. Yeah. Is it unreasonable or hmm, at any point during this time, had you ever thought about, I'm going to step down. This is too big of a deal and I'm going to step down or uh, you've seen it on the internet. People saying Rod should step down or the board should terminate him, whatever. Any thoughts on that? I haven't seen any of that on the internet. And if I thought it was in the best, I haven't, I, I really haven't. But if I thought it was in the best interest of KCBS for me to step down as a result of this, I would have already done it. Anything you want to leave us with on the close here? 
No, no. I've been on your show for most of the, I don't know, 18 years. You told me 18 the other day, but it looks like you started in about 2006 or eight. I don't remember, but I've been on your show a lot. And I know most of the time we're kidding and joking and I'd love to be on your show in, in that fashion. Tonight was not the night for it. Right. Um, I, I'm, I'm trying to convey a point and uh, I, I would love to convey to you the stress I saw on my staff's face for the couple of weeks after the American Royal as we work diligently to make everything right. And like I said, this will be on our minds for not just weeks and months, but maybe years to come. Uh, and, and yeah, will it be tense next year at the American Royal? Should we be able to be there? Absolutely, it will. Absolutely, it will. I invite you to come out and see it firsthand. Have you ever been to the American Royal? No, I don't travel anywhere. Uh, you could come. You do, too. I know you do some traveling. I know you do. Rod Gray is the CEO of the Kansas City Barbecue Society. The website, of course, is kcbs.us, and he's answered all the questions. Rod, appreciate the time here this evening, and we will look forward to another interview down the road. Greg, it's always great to be on your show. You do a great job. You, you are an asset to barbecue, and I appreciate your time tonight. Appreciate it. Thanks, Rod. Rod Gray right there and bringing us right up to the top of the hour. So while I thought maybe we would have some extra time here this evening in the first hour, we definitely don't. But a great conversation there with Rod asking all the questions and he hung in. So certainly appreciate that. And we will do a little catch up on the clock as we get ready to close out the first hour. Primo Grills is a ceramic cooker that we all love, right? Absolutely. Why do we love the Primo? Because it's oval. What does oval do? It allows you to execute the two-zone setup that you desire. Yes, of course. Now, depending on where you live, it's going to get cold. Last week for us was just a little bit of a sprinkle of cold. A great thing about ceramic cookers is once the ceramics are hot, now you have a cooker that is very fuel efficient and keeps the heat allowing you to do incredibly long cooks in incredibly cold weather. Very durable. Uh, I cover mine. A lot of people don't cover theirs. That's certainly up to you. Primos are only sold through a dealer network. So if you go to primogrill.com, you just go to the dealer locator, find one near you, and then take a look at all the different ovals that are currently available. And then buy the one that best fits your need. I might recommend buying up. Look at the XL. Look at the XL. I've never heard anybody complain going bigger. I've heard a lot of complaints about I should have got a size up or two sizes up instead of this one that I got. Now you're in a situation. Don't forget the Primo has all the accessories that you need to. They got a pizza oven. They have rotisseries. They have rotisserie baskets to do chicken wings and nuts and cheeses. Also the deflector plates. You name it, they got it. Primogrill.com. That's Primogrill.com. We're back to wrap the first hour right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Howard Stern, Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, and Greg Rampey. The Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. Now, let's get back to the Barbecue Central Show. 
All right, welcome back, and we thank Rod Gray, KCBS CEO, for joining us for the past two segments, or one whole segment. This portion brought to you by Fireboard. Monitor up to six different temperatures simultaneously. Connect to Wi-Fi for cloud-based monitoring, or connect via Bluetooth. If you have Alexa or the Google Assistant in your home, you're in luck because Fireboard is fully integrated with both. You can find out more by visiting fireboard.com or call 816-945-2232. And if I'm not mistaken, in 21 days or three weeks from now, Ted Conrad will be back on the show. We talk a lot more about that beacon that he introduced last time he was on the show a month or so ago. We'll get some real-life uses, and there's some other new stuff that's coming down the road as well. So looking forward to catching up with Ted Conrad over at Fireboard. Lots of reaction that I'm seeing here through the instant chat and through YouTube. So let's go ahead and play some catch up with the clock. We will wrap the first hour when we come back. So stick around. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Craig Rampey. Welcome back. Sorting through some of the instant chats that are going on through a lot of, you, or a lot of YouTube comments going on. That's good to see. We'll give you a YouTube poll question of the week poll update. I'll search back through and see if we can pull out some chat snippets. Maybe react. Maybe not. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show right here on the Barbecue Central Network. Second hour coming up. Stick around. We'll be right back.